Hello, and they've done it to us again. This is Andrew Harrison from Romaniacs. No sooner had we finished recording the show than, of course, another big news story breaks, and it is the reporting of Aaron Banks, uh, Levy use Aaron Banks, to the National Crime Agency by the Electoral Commission. And with me, I've got Ros Taylor from the show. Ros, give us the quick pricey first of exactly what's happened here, because it's not just Aaron Banks being reported, is it? There's a, a bunch of people. Yes, it's not just Banks. It's Liz Bilney, his associate, as well. And the um, basically the allegations centre around where the £8 million pounds that was denoted to various leave organisations came from. Uh, it came, according to Banks' own account, uh, from, his, from his own bank account. And when the uh, DCMS Select Committee asked him if he, Levy U had been funded, whisper it, by the Russians, by any chance, he said, Nyet. So there you go. Uh, Aaron Banks, the man who likes to say yet. But um, it is not at all clear, and this is the subject of the investigation, where this £8 million came from, because it couldn't seem to have been... Uh, his, his own businesses didn't seem to have been performing that well. However, what does seem to have been clear is that it, was, um, it came through a uh, company based on the Isle of Man called Rock Holdings, which was one of um, Aaron Banks's many uh, interests. And um, the question is whether uh, this was illegal or not. It wasn't really legal because as far as the, um, the uh, electoral law is concerned, the Isle of Man does not count as a place from which you can make electoral donations because it operates under a different system from the rest of the UK. Yeah, and obviously everyone has to tread rather carefully on this because it's, it is under investigation. But there, there were uh, huge reports across the press this morning in some detail, um, particularly in the mail of all places, talking about Banks' meetings with Russian officials including the Russian ambassador Alexei Yakovenko, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, between 2015 and 2017. Um, the uh, National Crime Agency has been told that there are grounds to suspect a number of criminal offences have been committed. Without getting ourselves done for uh, contempt of court, how serious a matter is this? I mean, we were talking on the show a couple of weeks ago about how so the Metropolitan Police have been investigating Russian interference in the referendum. This seems to be a very different matter. It is impossible to know, and it is all speculation at the moment. Mm. Um, what is clear is that Banks has routinely underplayed his meetings with Russian officials. He at first said he only had one meeting with Yakovenko, that then turned into four um, as the facts came out. He has had extensive contact with Russian individuals, and the question is why. I mean, he has a Russian wife, but having a Russian wife alone does not really mean that you are you are an object of so much interest to Russian uh, diplomats and um, officials. They apparently offered him all kinds of interests in um, diamond mines and, and um, things like that. And the question is why? Banks, as usual, has thumbed his nose at the authorities. He said he's confident that a full and frank investigation will finally put an end to ludicrous allegations levelled against me and my colleagues. The Electoral Commission has produced no evidence to the contrary. Well, clearly it has produced enough evidence to get him referred to the National Crime Agency. Yes, but the Electoral Commission of, uh, by itself, of course, has been pretty toothless organisation. Not through its own fault necessarily, but because it simply doesn't have the remit and it doesn't have the experience of dealing with anything like this before. And um, that's why it's had to refer the matter to the National Crime Agency. Certain MPs have said they believe Brexit should be put on hold until the, the Leave EU investigation is concluded. Is that in any way likely? No, it isn't. I mean, it, Brexit is a juggernaut. Um, it can't be put on hold um, like that. There's no way you can stop it now. There's just so much moving towards it, so, so much momentum behind it right now. So that is not realistic. 
And I don't think reversing ref- the referendum result, how much people talk about it, is um, realistic either. What you can argue for, I think, realistically, is for a second referendum, for a people's vote. The whole problem with electoral advertising, which is what this comes down to ultimately, because what was the £8 million spent on? It was spent on election advertising or on predominantly on Facebook. The whole problem with election advertising is that it is unaccountable. Um, in, until recently, Facebook made no attempts to try to identify it as such and no attempts to monitor it. And in any case, election advertising of any kind, on or offline, in Britain, um, is not accountable. That is to say that you can promise anything and you can't be held to account for it. So whereas you can uh, complain to the Advertising Standards Authority if your washing powder doesn't do what it says it can do <laughs> in the advertisement, you cannot you cannot say that um, when, you make, when election uh, promises are made. It is essentially a free-for-all. Mm. And this is what has been exploited. And this is what makes it so difficult fundamentally to... Uh, to reverse the idea of referendum because the promises that were made are, are not necessarily going to be kept, uh, as we know from the Red Bus uh, and the £350 million uh, the NHS claim. It's, uh, it is very, very murky. What do we know about the constitutional position? Because my understanding as a total barrack room lawyer is that, ironically, because the referendum was formally an advisory referendum, it's possible for a government to draw any conclusion it wishes in terms of legislation from that advice, and therefore there isn't actually legal basis to reverse it, even if fraud is discovered, is one take on it. That's one take on it, yes. Uh, Another view is that there is, and under various international treaties, it can be reversed. But... Fundamentally, the law here is so difficult and there is so little precedent because we don't have historically very many referendums in the UK and we haven't had one that's been so controversial that I would, certainly, I would struggle to see any legal case that could make an impact before March 2019. But as you mentioned earlier, it does bring another element to bear in the kind of moral case for people's vote, a final say, in that when the vote as delivered can be seen to be at least compromised, then the kind of political pressure in the country would grow. Um, Yes. The problem here is that this has been framed and the referendum has been framed as the will of the people. And the settled will of the people. In fact, when it was suggested that the referendum result might be reversed um, today or, or yesterday, the uh, uh, Prime Minister's office said that the referendum result was the will of the people and Theresa May was getting on it with enacting it. Now, there really is no such thing as the will of the people. It's a myth, and um, it is uh, certainly not a settled thing. And we know now that given the uh, the opinion polls we're seeing right now, we cannot claim to that the uh, Brexit vote is any longer the will of the people. Just back to that mail report for a moment, which is absolutely fascinating. We've, we've, we've tweeted it, we put up on the Facebook page as well. What are, we, what are we to make of the mail going in so hard on an on, on arch Brexit? Is it the new Geordie Grieg regime? Yes, the mail has very much changed its line since Geordie Grieg took over. It's a very different paper from the one under the Paul Dacre regime. Um, I think we are seeing a, ge- a gradual switching away and mail, certainly from the pressure for a hard Brexit. And I think that will ultimately have quite an impact because it will make it more difficult for the hard Brexiters in, on the backbenches to 
Um, to, to bring to feel that they have a wide swathe of public opinion behind them. We should probably get Jody Grigg on the show. He sounds like our kind of guy. Yes, perhaps. I mean, I think he describes himself as a soft Brexiter, but we'll see. Obviously, this is not going to be something that's wrapped up and concluded in, in time for the end of March so that it can have direct bearing on whatever happens with our, our, our exit from the EU. But it is safe to say well, this one's going to run and run, isn't it? I don't think we, we haven't seen the last of Mr Banks. No, we haven't seen a last from Mr. Banks. And at some point, uh, when the National Crime Agency does report, we will find out, presumably, uh, what, uh, where, where this money, where this £8 million pounds came from. And that is, if you like, the million-dollar question. Mm. And it will be fascinating to find out um, what the source of it is. And the happiest woman in Britain right now is Carol Cadwallader. She's absolutely cock-a-hoop. Yes, <laughs> yes because she's been... Um, um, Perfectly, perfectly justified in pursuing the story. And a lot of people at various times have tried to undermine her and suggest that she's been barking up the wrong tree and it's all a conspiracy theory and so on. But it does seem that she's been really onto something. Absolutely. Well, we're going to find out more as it moves on. Um, and we'll see you on the show next week. Let's hope nothing happens between now and Wednesday because we don't need to do yet another emergency podcast. We had somebody on yeah. Twitter today saying, why don't you go daily? Like, if you can find us, as Alex told them on Twitter, if you can find us seven times as many Patreon backers, we'll d- start doing it daily, which might not be good for our health. Ross, thanks very much, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. 